Inclusive Activism listeners, how are you doing? What is going on? I wanted to reach out and get a hold of you because I feel like the world's been tough lately. Um, and this is all about like leading and leading from different points of views. And also like how can you use what we're learning here as a form of personal leadership to become a better human being, become a better human being for other folks. And really to do that, like we got to like look at what's going on and what's out there and like I said, things have been pretty tough out there as of recent. Um, with the Roe versus Wade thing, like a lot of uh, our non-men uh, allies out there are really scared. And then honestly, like even me, even I with male identity and male privilege, um, I'm looking at some of the things that are happening and some of the things that are like on, on the horizon right now. For me and my partner and you know we're either looking at adopting or having our own kids right now but some of these measures could be taken in ways that could put my partner's life at risk and then like people that i love's life at risk because like a tubal uh ligation uh pregnancy like there's some some of these scenarios like where you you can't abort the baby because like even if it's going to threaten the mother's life like so again, it's rough out there. And I knew there was a need for men and male voices to kind of speak up. And so I wanted to talk about specifically kind of like what are some things that men can do right now? Because I feel this and I think the fact that I'm feeling this, we definitely need to hear from men too. Now I would say on this, like, you know, like just cause you don't necessarily see men out there. Like I'm not on social media a lot because social media doesn't, bring me a lot of joy and I also don't think that uh, at this point me blasting stuff out in social media is like like I'm not seeing the good in it but it does not doesn't mean I'm not trying to make a difference and so uh, this podcast is really my space and how to really start to address some of these things so what are some things that men can do uh, I know right here in Arizona they're trying to do a ballot measure to progress to protect women's rights to choose through, um, you know, ballot initiatives. So get that signed uh, when it comes up. Vote for that. When doesn't, don't just vote for that. Talk to other men about why you're voting for that and why that's important. The sad truth is, men really only listen to men. And if you're not out there talking about that to other men, uh, and again, women, you're not going to see men talking to men because we don't tend to do it in front of women. But like when we do it and we do it effectively. Uh, men talking to men really can sway thoughts and opinions in very powerful, notable ways. Uh, another thing that you can men can do is volunteer at clinics. Uh, a lot of women have to deal with a lot of crap from a lot of people, and a lot of them are scary-looking men when they're trying to uh, get an abortion or talk about like pregnancy. You know, because not everybody who goes to clinics is trying to get abortion either. Sometimes it's family planning stuff, right? But volunteering at a clinic, escorting patients inside and outside, so they kind of have a safe, friendly face to get to and from their car, so they're not dealing with that stuff on their own. That's something that can be done. Um, you can urge your faith community's leader to deliver a sermon about uh, supporting the right to choose, or you could be that guest speaker yourself, right? If you have the ability to be a voice in that space, because, I mean, I've read the Bible and, like, there's nothing in the Bible about abortion because, like, you know, abortion as we were doing it now 
or as we're doing it now, doesn't really exist in the same way as it did in the Bible. Uh, they talk about not sacrificing babies to Molech, but I don't think anybody's sacrificing babies to Molech. So again, there is a way or space, whether you're Christian, Buddhist, whether you're Muslim, whatever, like being there and talking about these issues, I think is really important. Um, you can also write a letter to the editor for your unequivocal support for women's rights. Uh, you can invite a, a group of men over to talk about the fears and the threat that women face and why men need to like break the silence in those areas and really talk about like what's going on and how women are feeling. Because again, men only tend to listen to men. And so unless you're in spaces where you're talking about this with other men, then that thought and idea is going unheard. And when it goes unheard, it's going to going unaddressed. Um, you can urge researchers to accelerate their work on developing male birth control message methods. I know one thing a lot of like single men are looking at doing right now is getting vasectomies because getting a vasectomy, it's about a thousand bucks. Um, and reversing a vasectomy, it's a, I think it's about a thousand bucks. And again, a thousand bucks is like the worst case scenario on how much that stuff costs. And sometimes this stuff is covered by your health insurance. But get a vasectomy because then you're taking control of your birth control. And right now, like, because birth control is a thing that might be like taken away, but vasectomies aren't necessarily considered birth control for whatever reason. Because, because I don't know, because men, right? Um, and so there's a whole movement of men that are like really getting vasectomies at this moment to uh, help women not have to deal with this issue, right? And so that's something that you could choose to do. Like you can get a vasectomy and re reverse that vasectomy. Like women don't really have the ability to do something in the same way that men do. Um, just a quick note, vasectomy is not <laughs> chopping off testicles. It's just cutting like uh, and tying a little area that sperm get de gets delivered from the testicles to your your penis and so basically you can tie tie you can cut and tie that and then you can reattach that pretty easily and so that's not one of those things that has any lasting issues plus it doesn't really affect our hormones and stuff like like uh, birth control affects women's hormones and so if you're at a space where you're not ready to have kids look at getting a vasectomy and then you can undo that vasectomy right now we're looking at potentially having kids otherwise that would be something that i would be looking at doing myself but again more options for male birth control methods is something that we can demand and when men ask for stuff we get it so again like Having these conversations, like putting pressure out there, um, like this is something that's really important. Another thing that you can do is if you have a son uh, and you're old enough and they're old enough to like, well, I think kids are capable of having conversations much more complicated and nuanced than we think and or expect. So I think you can talk about like people having the right to say yes or no with their own bodies is really important with their own bodies and then also respecting the bodies of others and the choices of bodies for others. I think that is also really important. Uh, if you have a daughter, let them know that you unequivocally support their uh, right to control their body. If you have someone that is non-binary um, and it's a person that has uh, periods and menstruations, like you can talk about these things, right? If it's a person that doesn't have menstruations, you can talk to them about these things. Really important. Getting out there and selling petitions, I think, is really important. Another thing that could be done, uh, mobilizing for fall elections. Uh, I, when I say fall elections, I also have to put out there and mention it is incredibly disappointing to see the lack of defense that it was really provided by those who support choice. 
uh, on any side of the political spectrum because those things were like, oh, well, it happened. You know, there's nothing we could have done. And that's not true. There's things that could have happened. There's just a lot of things that weren't done. So understanding that I think is also really important that that's something that happened. And then more broadly, I think another thing that's really important is like men need to show up for women in spaces outside of just reproductive rights. And so, especially in a space and time where men's women's voices are being marginalized and held back. So um, another thing that you can do is make sure women get credit. Sometimes like men will get credit for women's work or women's ideas. Don't let that happen in your presence. Even if they're trying to give, like especially if they're trying to give the credit to you, you could easily be like, no, she did that. No, they did that. Um, and make sure that that credit gets highlighted and say it over and over and over again until you know that person was seen and heard. Um, <clears throat> listen to women and don't jump to any assumptions. Remember, women have, uh, women and non-men have like an incredibly different worldview and an understanding of the world than men do. And so seeing and understanding that is really important because we don't have those experiences. And like when we are like, oh, are we making an assumption? Are we judge? Like we have to understand we haven't navigated the world in that same space or way. And so like really listen and get a sense of what they're feeling and ask questions about how stuff goes. Don't just make assumptions or jump into wanting to give advice because you can't give advice for your frame accurately given that you're not, you're a man. Um, this is really, really important. Another thing is when inequality happens, call it out every single time, every single way over and over 10, like everyday sexism, microaggressions. So many men are just like disgustingly passive bystanders. It makes me sick. Honestly, it's funny because like men want to be seen or known as strong all the time. But guess what? Like men don't step up and do the things they need to do when inequality happens. Like if you want to be a good, strong man, it's not about holding people down, it's about picking people up. Um, so again, uh, another thing that you can do is really respect women's space and really, really look at like the assumptions or the little words that we use that diminish women or the use of diminutives, right? And so um, when we're respecting women's space, like when we're in women's spaces, shut up, listen, don't talk. Like if you're asked to talk, talk, but don't feel like you need to talk. Um, like respecting personal space is really appropriate, is really like important. Make sure that we acknowledge the women's need for physical autonomy. And then um, don't put women in places where like, you know, like where you're hugging people without asking, touching without asking. You can ask if someone's willing to hug, but you can also say like, you know, if you're not willing to hug, I totally get that and I won't be like hurt by anything like with that. Like women need larger personal space bubbles than men, especially given the fact that so many women have had to survive men's sexual assault and men's domestic violence. And so being more attuned to that, being more aware of that, being more careful of that, I think is also really important. And then on the note of diminutives, uh, diminutives, these are diminishing statements that like take away autonomy or power. Don't call people love or dear or honey or sweetie. Um, again, I think those nicknames are rooted usually in kindness, but I know some people use them uh, to diminish purposely. Um, don't say those things. Like, 
you know, like, give, like, like, don't use diminutives. Use them, like, I don't want to say empowering because then, like, that's a notion that men are giving power to women that doesn't exist. But, like, if you're going to give a woman a nickname, if you're going to give a non-man a nickname, give them a powerful nickname. Like, and make sure you're co-creating that nickname, not just putting it on somebody, you know, like boss or, you know, something like that, like recognizes their power and the ability to really make a difference. Also, make sure that you're sharing parenting duties and also take your parental leave. Uh, and this is going to be something that like, I got to learn more about because I think our institution only allows one or the other of us to take parental leave. And we need to find a way to, to fight or push back on that notion when we have kids because I don't want all the work to fall on my partner because that's not fair. Uh, another thing that we can do at the home is share the housework. Like I know we just like mow the lawn or like, you know, do the outside work, but like we can do dishes, we can clean toilets, we can uh, do laundry. Like all those things are really important um, because there's a thing called second shift that women deal with in a way that men don't. Women have and are expected to carry the majority of the load of housework at home um, through societal norms in ways that men aren't. And so when you just start like cooking and doing the dishes, that makes a really big difference. And then another thing that you can do is start to advocate for women at work. Like advocate for someone to really step out and do something. Like advocate for someone to get that next or new project. Advocate for someone to... Um, get in a leadership role or have a new leadership responsibility. Like if you need to use your power or if you need to like give, uh, you know, like if you want to, Oh, I can't, there's a word I'm trying to think of. Um, like when someone's being vetted, right. You can be like, Hey, I vouch for this person, right? Go out of your way to vouch for them. Go out of your way to support them. Go out of your way to make sure they're in a space where they can really make a transformational difference. And just a few other things uh, about what men can do, like challenge this whole likability penalty. Um, success and likability are correlated or positively correlated for men, but negatively correlated for women. So it's weird because like when a woman's seen as likable, she's not seen as aggressive or she's not seen as like leadership material because she's likable. Um, so women are called bossy or shrill and like, you have a lot of power in this space to be like, would you have the same reaction if I did that? Would you have the same reaction if a man did the same thing? Another thing you can do is uh, really make sure that like, again, with getting credit, when there's a performance rule, uh, when a performance evaluation happens, men's performance is often overestimated compared with women's per performance. Uh, and so like, recognize that like men are always over attributive of a success and women are always under attributive to success. And so again, on your teams, make sure that everybody is aware of the gender bias when we're evaluating performance. So we can make sure that, that that's happening. And that really ties in well with that whole, make sure women get the credit, right? Not only go out of your way to make sure that they get the opportunity to get credit, make sure that they actually get that credit. Uh, another thing that we can do is just shut up or ask for feedback for women, especially in a space where the loudest or most persistent or the most interruptive voice gets heard. You need to interrupt and make space for that voice that doesn't do that thing. It is so important to make sure, especially the voice that's been sitting back, listening, paying attention, really tuned in is heard. 
And you have that power and capacity because of male privilege. And so understand that that's really important too. Oh, another thing that I wanted to say. So again, like we talked about housework, like there's also like office housework. So offering to take notes, offering to organize events, offering to train new hires, offering to, you know, help make sure supplies are purchased. Um, Make sure that you're paying attention to who volunteers for different type of work and then volunteer yourself or volunteer others to do that work that other people aren't doing because women usually do more work, but it's not seen or valued work. And so they're getting like a work penalty by like, you know, when we make women just order the office supplies, like that's not seen as like a big initiative to accomplish. So if you do that thing, you can create space for another thing to happen that is seen in a more highly visible way. And seeing and understanding that I think is really important. Again, make work work for all parents. Um, I think the other thing that really happens is like because men don't take paternity leave, um, there's this wall or this barrier that happens for women because women uh, are they're like, oh, well, she's gonna have a kid right now, you know, soon. So I think like, you know, maybe she's not like the person to do those things. Here's the thing: if men just start taking parental leave, paternity leave, then like the the playing field gets leveled. And I know you might worry about like missing out on your spot, but here's the thing is like pressure works in many different directions and ways. And so if you take your paternity leave and you can like pressure or talk about like how wonderful it was to be with your son or daughter when they were growing up and like how much of a connection that you made and like how that helped you and how you learned and grow grew as a parent and you're bringing, cause like we act like being a parent doesn't like, teach you something about work that you can bring into work, right? But if men do these things, we can like make those things more valuable. Valuable. So again, don't assume mothers aren't willing to take on challenging assignments or travel. Don't like be like, oh, well, she just had a baby right now or they're going to get pregnant soon. Uh, that's a problem too. Uh, also, make sure to mentor women and offer equal access to, for opportunities. So always, always, always try to find a space or place or opportunity to mentor women, to take them under your wing, to give them a space or place to like move and do something new and or different. And again, when I say women, I mean, realize I was born in the 80s, 90s. So I'm still working on my language for saying non-men too and non-binary folks, because really this is about like men and non-men. And are we getting, we creating opportunity and space for non-men to be successful, for non-men to move up, for non-men to really like do things. And two, especially right now, like getting women in political spaces right now, incredibly important, right? Like one of the bigger, like if my partner wanted to run for office, like I should support the hell out of her doing that thing because we need more women that are really for women's rights because there's a lot of women that are not for women's rights in politics and we need women We need women that are for women's and non-men's rights in office. And here's the other thing too, is like when we put non, we put women and non-men and spaces and places of authority, they tend to make more holistic choices that really benefit all people. Again, men, you're losing out if you're not taking your paternity leave. You really are. And you're like, well, but my, you know, my next like promotion, dude, whatever, dude, like, 
when you die, you're not going to be like, oh, you know, I missed out on that promotion. You're going to be like, man, I wish I had more time with my kids. I wish I had more time with my friends. I wish I had more time with my family. I wish I had a fuller and happier life. I wish I had better work-life balance. Non-men see work-life balance in a better way than men do. And like, honest to God, like the world's getting to be a really toxic, problematic space. And men, I know you don't know what to do. Because guess what? When this happens, I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do something. So what did I do? I just got up and started Googling stuff. And in me just Googling like some of these articles. Oh, and if you want to see some of the articles I got this stuff from, uh, one was from like Lean In and it was seven tips for men who want to support equality from Lean In. And then the other one was from Ms. Magazine. And that was about men's voices are definitely needed to defend reproductive rights. Dude, it's not hard when you don't know what to do. Just look it up. Like, do something. Try to make a difference. Like, (laughs) I think it's hilarious that men are like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, dude, that doesn't stop us from doing stuff most of the time. We are more than willing to like step up and try to do things when we don't know what to do. But when it comes to like, not us, we are strangely oddly, weirdly silent. And then the other thing that I would mention too is uh, for women and non-men, like you can talk to us about those things and empathize that we don't know what to do and empathize and help us figure out how to come to a space of action, right? Because I think there's so many people that are like, men are strangely silent. Men don't know what to do. Men aren't really here. Like we don't know what to do and like, Yes, that's on us that we don't know what to do. Absolutely. And like, I think I am better and quicker to getting to what I should do than most men are, but I've been doing my work for a long time. Some men are new to this space. You know, some men like need to see or get suggestions or have someone ask about this stuff. And like, when you bring those things to light for us, we can now advocate because like, usually we want to do something like that. We want to be in a space of like help of advocacy, of making a really positive difference for folks, but we don't know how to do it. And because we're men, we're scared to ask how to do it. And you see the circle, right? The circle just perpetuates because over and over and over again, we're in the same situations, in the same scenarios, uh, because nothing different's happening. And so don't just call us out, call us in. Um, And I know you're like, I don't, uh, I am not patient enough to call you in. Well, I'm trying to call folks in too. So if you can just get like someone to be aware of the need to be called in, then just give them this podcast and then be like, Hey, if you don't know what to do, email rowdy inclusive activism at cox.net. And I'll help them figure out what to do. I am more than willing to help be that thing to bridge that gap. But like just being mad that we don't know different doesn't make different happen. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And over and over again, I've just been finding that's true. And we need coalitions of people that love and care about us, that have each other's back, so we can make changes, right? So we can do things differently. Um, I just heard from one of my friends, he's a wildland firefighter, and he was asking about podcasts to listen to. And like, this is another space where like, there's a group of folks, wild, wildland firefighters, that are like out there trying to fight these horrible, incredibly difficult fires and like they don't have money they don't have resources they don't like they don't have the capacity to really do the job in a meaningful way because they're outgunned and outpersoned 
But in addition to that, like they used to just work six months a year. Now they're working nine months a year and they're working in incredibly difficult situations. And that causes some trauma. And guess what? Like men should be able to say like, hey, I am experiencing trauma from being in these situations over and over again. I need some counseling for free. I need some psychedelic for therapy for free. I need to talk about some of these things. I need some time away uh, to be with my family so I can rest and recharge so I can get back into the fire again. But we're just burning through people incredibly quickly. And so again, when I talk about this stuff, we need to see each other as bigger, wider humans than we expect. If we just see the human and see firefighter and we're like so brave, like pat him on the back, rather than seeing the, the wounded human that's like really going through some hard stuff, trying to keep us safe, then the opportunities stay stuck where there are. Nothing changes. When nothing changes, nothing changes. Something's gotta change. Something's gotta move, something's gotta evolve. And right now, there is a poignant, critical moment that we're sitting at right now. And men, I don't see you as less than. I actually see you as really wonderful people who haven't been taught how to be human beings incredibly well, sadly. We've been taught a lot about how to be a man, but we haven't been taught very well about how to be a human being. This is me calling you into stepping into your human beingness more. Advocate, talk, have conversations, be respectful. Don't use diminishing language. See women as wonderful and powerful. Like, don't just like look for your next hookup. Look for someone that like, that is better than you, that can make you better. And that calls you into better every day. You know what's funny is I think men like want to like find like somebody special in their life, but they don't know that they should look for somebody better than them that's going to challenge the hell out of them every day to get better. Well, guess what? You're never going to find your soulmate until you find that someone that can pull the best soul from you. But again, we don't have or hear from that stuff. And so recognize patriarchy hurts patriarchy, the system that favors men over women, hurts men too, but men don't know how to have these conversations with each other. And men aren't in spaces made safe enough to talk about these things, about how we're hurt. And that's the thing that drastically needs to change. We need something different in this space. So with that, I'm not going to belabor the point because I feel like I really got into the things that I need to get to. So today we talked about how the world seems really dark right now. And yes, in the male space, some voices are kind of silent. Uh, and I'll also give you some insights about why the silence is there and how we can be conjoled out of silence. And again, you don't have to do this work on your own. This podcast is for the men in your life that don't listen to this podcast. Have them listen to it. Have them have a conversation to, with you about it. If they don't know what to do or how to feel about some things I'm saying, have them email me. I'm more than happy to like have these conversations because the world got messed up one person at a time, but the world will get healed one person at a time as well. So with that, I really hope this has been something good for you. And again, remember when change happens, male to male, it happens male to male in private spaces and you don't always get to see that stuff. So um, don't automatically assume we're not doing stuff. We may be doing stuff, but you don't know what it looks like or you don't know where that's happening or you don't know what that looks like. And so, but we do need you to call us into this work and we do need you to call us into being our best selves. And we do need you to call us in to moving into better human beingness. That is absolutely critical. 
So if this was helpful, if you have a thought, or if you were like, thank God I heard this, email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's I-N-C-L, I-N-C-L, oh man, I'm having a hard time spelling inclusive. I-N-C-L-U-S-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net. Or you can go to www.inclusiveactivism.com and my contact information is listed on there. If you need me to talk to a group I'm in about some of the things that I talk to about here, I don't care if it's a church group, I don't care if it's a work group, whatever. Like, you can hire me. Sometimes if you're like a nonprofit organization, I'll even be willing to do it for free. Because like, at the end of the day, I'm trying to heal some folks because it's rough out there. So with that, uh, I hope you really got something from this. I hope you helped you learn, grow, and heal a little bit in your own way. And I'm looking forward to hearing you getting out there, doing something, making a difference. Because at the end of the day, when we all got each other's backs, there's no way we can fall. Be blessed. Be well. We'll see you next time. Thank you.